Dalvin Cook is a free agent, and some reports are linking him with the Jets. Should the Jets be interested in signing the veteran running back? I think a lot of it depends on how they feel about one specific player. I'll tell you who that player is, and we'll talk so much more about Dalvin Cook today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, June 27th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listener, first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. It's a quiet time on the NFL calendar. It's a quiet time on the Jets calendar. We're still a few weeks away from the start of training camp. The off-season program is concluded. There's not a lot to discuss at this time of year, but there is one exception right now for the New York Jets, and that is a free agent running back who's out there, Dalvin Cook, who was recently released by his team, the Minnesota Vikings. Cook is a longtime member of the Vikings, and he was a star running back. He, he produced some big numbers for Minnesota during the course of his career. In fact, going back to 2017, that was one of my best drafts evaluation-wise because like every guy I wanted the Jets to get, they ended up ended up being good. They did not draft all the guys I wanted them to get, but every, like pretty much everyone I said they should draft ended up being really good with whatever team picked them. And Dalvin Cook was like my guy in the second round that year. Now, I don't think I don't think you can get too upset because the Jets, the Jets ended up drafting Marcus May, who was an excellent player. Now, later on in the draft, we could talk a little bit about how the Jets uh maybe did not make some wise choices in 2017. But that said, I've been following Dalvin Cook through his career and I feel like whenever you're a fan of somebody heading into the draft, you kind of keep tabs on him. And when that player becomes available, sometimes you're hoping your team signs him. So I'll try and keep that out of this. I'll try and keep this to whether or not Dalvin Cook makes sense for the Jets. And in all honesty, I think that there are some pros and some cons. I think that if the Jets sign him, it will be easy enough to justify. If he goes somewhere else, it's not the kind of thing that I think will bring decimation to the Jets. So let's go through some of the pros and the cons. Now, if the Jets sign Dalvin Cook, I think that this is the mindset. The Jets have an excellent young running back in Brees Hall. In fact, in my view, one of the finest young running backs in the league. And as weird as it sounds, because he averaged almost six yards per carry last year, I feel like we've kind of not scratched the surface with Brees Hall. Now, the numbers are going to go down. Unless he's like going to be the greatest back in the history of football, he's not going to average six yards per carry. I'd love for that to happen, but he doesn't need to average six yards per carry for him to be great. But you really did not see him run that much inside. Like a lot of his production last year was on outside runs, uh, you know, plays where he hit the home run, like the touchdown run against Denver. He's a big guy who should be able to handle, a, he should be able to handle inside running. And also aside from one game against Miami, I mean, he was kind of disappointing as a receiver and he came to the Jets out of Iowa State with receiving skills. But of course, as you know, the caveat with Brees Hall at this point is he's coming off an injury. And the Jets kind of have to find this balance right now. Because you do have a 39-year-old quarterback and you have an offensive line with question marks. And when you look at the relatively recent history of the league, and I'm talking the last 30 years or so, 
Quarterbacks, when they hit their late 30s, unless you're Tom Brady, it can be a struggle. So I tried to find a few guys who were exceptions. And I'm not saying it happens in every case, but there's one thing that can really benefit an older quarterback. And that's a tremendous running back. And you could go back to the late 90s with John Elway, who you know, won two Super Bowls at the end of his career, kind of rewrote the narrative on his career because Elway had gone 0-3 in three Super Bowls. And then the last two years, he helped the Broncos win back-to-back championships. But he was not really the lead guy on that offense. It was really Terrell Davis and kind of made Elway's life easier. They ran the, I guess, the, the first quote-unquote Shanahan system. because Mike Shanahan was the coach. Kyle Shanahan's father was the coach of Denver. And it just made life easier for Elway to not have to attempt as many high degree of difficulty passes. If you followed Elway early in his career, you know that 0-3 in the Super Bowl mark was kind of deceptive because he dragged some teams that really weren't that good to the to Super Bowls. But late in his career, that kind of took some of the load off of his plate, and he was able to you know, take advantage of some of the easier situations he was put in and still was very effective. And another example would be, well, the guy who Aaron Rodgers replaced in Green Bay and now the guy whose career trajectory is kind of following with the Jets, and that's Brett Favre. And I'm actually not talking about the Favre Jets year. The year after Favre left the Jets, uh, the Jets drafted Mark Sanchez and then cut Favre, and then Favre ended up going to Minnesota. He had what people said was an MVP season, which I don't know if he was that good, but the reason he looked that good in part was Adrian Peterson, again, took the load off of him. And so I think Brees Hall could be a big attribute for Aaron Rodgers. I think Brees Hall is the type of guy who's going to be Aaron Rodgers' best friend if he's healthy. And one of the things I try and think about, and there was actually a recent article on ESPN by Bill Barnwell, the, the great writer there. And he kind of rated the team's skill positions. Each, each team in the league, he rated their collective running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. He rated the Jets 22nd, which was pretty low. I think part of it, though, was that Brees Hall's coming off an injury. And when I look at this, I ask myself a couple questions. I think that this is a helpful context to think of. Can Brees Hall be the go-to guy on a Super Bowl offense? To me, the answer is yes. I have no hesitation about that. I think the Jets also have a guy in Garrett Wilson, when you ask the question, can he be the second guy, the second best skill player on a Super Bowl offense? That's not even a debate. He's one of the best number two options in the league. If Brees Hall is Brees Hall. In fact, I would even say Garrett Wilson... If he's not a guy at this point where you could say he, he could be the number one guy on the Super Bowl, Super Bowl offense, he's pretty close. And he could actually improve. It doesn't not going to take much improvement from year one to year two for Garrett Wilson to get to the point where you could say, this could be the best guy on the Super Bowl offense. But once you get past them, and I think this is where Barnwell was, was you know kind of doubting the Jets, you have a lot of guys who are better suited as role players in this league. And if you don't have Brees Hall at full strength, it becomes tricky. And part of what the Jets want to do is I think they want to keep Brees Hall healthy for the end of the season. Because although it can be tricky and although it's, you get, it gets dangerous extrapolating a full team performance based on what one player does, it was a pretty clear line in the sand last year when Brees Hall went down. It was pretty clear. The, the Jets were 5-2 and two the game he got injured. They went 2-7 and seven the rest of the way. I'm sorry, 2-8 and eight the rest of the way. And it's also there's also a pretty clear explanation for that because the Jets really struggled through the full season with their passing game. And Brees Hall was playing so well, especially the last three weeks he was in the lineup. By the way, three games the Jets won that they did not really need to throw the ball effectively. Now this year you you presume it's going to go better with Rodgers. I mean Rodgers is going to be should be a big upgrade. No matter you know even if he's not playing at his 
classic MVP level. And at 39, I mean, there's reason to expect maybe he'll just be a very good quarterback. But a back like Brees Hall can make up the difference. If, but you have to kind of balance this because you got to hope that you got to keep Brees Hall healthy. And a back like Dalvin Cook, you know, he's not what he used to be. I don't think he's the player, the dynamic guy he was when he first came out of school. I don't think he's like one of the top 10 backs in the NFL anymore. But he's a guy who I think can still play to an extent. And I think that he's the type of guy who maybe could prevent you from leaning into the temptation of overusing Brees Hall in the early part of the season. So essentially what I could see is Dalvin Cook maybe taking the lead in the early part of the year and then gradually Brees Hall becoming the lead back. And in that sense, I think you know, Dalvin Cook could be a very logical fit for the Jets because then you could still kind of lean on the run game, even if Dalvin's not what he used to be, but you're keeping him on a pitch count as well. Maybe you get the best out of him. Maybe you, with Brees Hall getting limited carries, you get the best out of him. And you can collectively recreate, kind of create the type of run game that, and I don't want to say that can support Aaron Rodgers because I don't think Aaron Rodgers needs a ton of support, but can maybe get you to a point where Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to be Superman Aaron Rodgers, where he can just be a very good quarterback, maybe a top seven, top eight quarterback, and your teams can still have success. And you don't need Rodgers to be the guy who carries the team on the back. So that's where I see Brees Hall as a potential fit. I'm sorry, that's where I see Dalvin Cook as a potential fit. Can he still play? Well, head you on the Lockdown Jets podcast. We'll look at the numbers. I think that there's a strong argument to be made that Dalvin Cook still has something to offer, and I'll get to that point as we continue on this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Of course, we're still a couple months away from the NFL season, so you got a ways to go before you can watch the Jets or even put some money down on the Jets. However, MLB season is in full swing, and you can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to over-unders to who you think is going to hit the first big home run. And it's all on, a set, on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. I know it's not exactly been the year local baseball fans have been looking for, but there's no better place to get in on the bet on Major, Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today with FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listener, first watch every day. Every day or send in your mailbag questions. Tomorrow we're going to have our weekly mailbag show here on Locked On Jets. Each Wednesday we try and have a mailbag. That's coming up tomorrow. But today we're talking Dalvin Cook. There have been some rumors out there that maybe the Jets will be interested. Who knows? I mean, this time of year when there's not a lot going on, anytime a decent player gets out there, you hear him linked to like 10 different teams. Although Jets tight end Tyler Conklin did kind of mention that he's hoping Dalvin Cook signs with the Jets. Conklin was a teammate of Cooks in Minnesota when the two of them played together. So I think one of the key questions you have to ask is, can Dalvin Cook still play? Because you know he's approaching that, type, that point of his career where you wonder, he's about to turn 28 in August. That's a falling off point for a lot of running backs. So can he still produce? And you, you know, the first place you look to is the, the statistics, where he averaged last year about 4.4 yards per carry. It's always difficult to say with running back statistics because running backs really do depend a lot on their blocking. If you have guys who are, who are throwing good blocks in front of you, easy to put up good numbers. If you have guys who can't block, it's really hard to 
post respectable numbers. So there are a couple of things that I, I like to look at. And one of them is how many carries did you have that resulted in either no gain or a loss? And Cook actually led the league in that last year with 62. And I looked this up on a website, stathead.com. Really great website. I highly recommend it if you're interested in statistics, if you're interested in finding out game situations. Something I use an awful lot. So he led the league in carries that went for no gain or a loss. Now, my response to that might be a little bit different than what you're expecting. Because you might be thinking, well, this guy led the league in carries that were you know, either no gain or negative. That's bad, right? I actually view it as, for a running back, something that makes me believe in them a little bit more when you look at the final stat line. And the reason I say that is, generally speaking, to me, a run, a, a, a run for no gain or a loss, that's on the offensive line more than it is the running back. Now, there, there are some caveats here. I mean, I, you could make the argument, well, shouldn't you be able to make guys miss in the backfield? There's an argument to be made. You know, sometimes you're misreading your blocks. I understand all that, but generally speaking... I, to me, that's actually something that's in the, the running back's favor when you look at the final stat line. So the 4.4 yards per carry, but that's after leading the league in uh, negative or no gain rushes. So I don't think that's necessarily such a bad thing. You know, you know, you may think I'm crazy for saying that, and I'm not suggesting that every single time a running back produces no gain or a running back loses yardage, that's all the offensive line's fault. You know, sometimes and you know, the guy, iconic running back Barry Sanders, he was the, like, the king of turning what should have been decent gains into losses, but he made up for it because he he, uh, hit, he hit a lot of home runs. And on that note, you know, the other thing, another thing I like to look at are how many big runs do you break off? And so I looked at 10 plus yard rushes and Cook actually finished eighth at the running back position last year with 30 such rushes. So to me, that, that, to me that's something that's worth noting because I say this a lot, and if you're in every day, you've probably, you probably heard me say this about 20 times this offseason, but to those of you new to the show, I'll, I'll explain what I mean. A lot of the running back position is based on how good your blocking is. Just what I, what I just said. If, they don't, if somebody misses a block up front, you're going to get stopped for no gain. You're going to get stopped for two-yard loss. If somebody blocks you three yards, most quality backs in the NFL are going to be able to pick up three yards. Once you get further down the field, though, I think that's kind of where blocking takes a back seat because once you get like 10 yards down the field generally it's how well do you run away from a guy or how well can you make a guy miss an open field you're probably not gonna have as many blockers in front of you now of course there are situations where play design comes in you know kyle shanahan out in san francisco he does a lot of misdirection stuff so guys kind of end up running free because the defense they essentially fake and they run a fake and get the defense to run themselves out of the play so again caveats i understand that not it doesn't apply in every single case but if you can break a lot of big runs, I think that's probably a sign that you've got something left in the tank. And I'll, you know, I went back and watched some of the film on what Dalvin Cook was producing last year. I, th- I still think he's fast. I mean, I still think approaching his age 28 season, he's got speed left in the tank. So I don't think that that was a fluke, the fact that he finished eighth in 10-plus yard rushes. So you know, when I look at this situation, I, I think he's a guy with something to offer. Now, I think he's only he only makes sense for the right team because – at 28, you may say, well, 28's not old. I think in the NFL, you have to have context, though. 28's not old at quarterback. It's not that old at wide receiver. It's not that old for an offensive lineman. It's not that old for a defensive lineman. At running back, 28 is old. It just is. And that's because running backs have a shorter shelf life. 
I think one of the things we've learned over the course of the last 25, 30 years, and we've gotten a little bit smarter about this stuff, when you take a lot of hits, it adds up. And it's something that seems fairly obvious, but it's something we really did not appreciate for a long time. And nobody takes more hits than running backs. I guess, you know, offensive linemen are more physical, but running backs take direct, direct hits because almost every time they get the ball, you have 11 guys flying at you. If you're an offensive lineman, you have to block one guy at one, block a guy at once. If you're a running back, you have 11 guys coming to you. They'll hit you from all different angles. The hits begin to add up. So with that in mind, you know, Dalvin Cook does, there are some concerns there as far as whether Dalvin Cook can last any longer. But I still, if you're going on based on what you saw last year, I think he's still a guy that has something to offer a team. And I think he only makes sense for, for a certain type of team because he's probably closer to the end of his career at 28 than he is to the beginning. You need a team that, you know, is probably shooting for a Super Bowl this year. A guy, a team that has a very specific need for him, say a team that's trying to ease Brees Hall back into the lineup, and a team that doesn't necessarily, it's kind of looking for a one to two year running back. Because otherwise, you, you know, if you're looking for the longer haul, you'd probably just go with a young guy and hope, hope he develops quickly. But the Jets are in a situation right now where they need a back. You know, they could. I'm not sure they necessarily need it, but they could use a back for a shorter stretch. And Dalvin Cook, in that sense, I think could be a logical pickup for this team. Now, here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we will close out this show. I think that whether the Jets are interested in Dalvin Cook depends on how they feel about one specific player, and we'll talk about who that player is as we continue this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Jets podcast. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday. We're talking about Dalvin Cook. The veteran running back is available should the Jets look to sign him. I think whether or not the Jets seriously try and sign Cook is contingent on how they feel about one specific player. And that player is Izzy Banaconda. Now, in the last segment and even in the first segment, I gave you some ideas as to why I think Dalvin Cook could make sense for the New York Jets. Because he fits a very specific role for this team because you're not necessarily going to need him to be the all-weather, three-down back. In fact, really, you're just hoping he can get you to November and December when Brees Hall presumably is going to be uh, ready to take on a bigger role. But we see it all the time in the NFL. There are, Every year, there's some young back who comes out of nowhere and delivers. And sometimes he's a day three pick. Sometimes he's an undrafted free agent. Sometimes he's off the practice squad. Sometimes he's been on the bottom of the roster for a year and injuries allow him to step up. And that back for the Jets this year could be Izzy Abanaconda, who they drafted day three out of Pittsburgh, who has a lot of speed, who I think brings could bring some playmaking ability to this offense. Now, why am I going with Izzy Abanaconda over Michael Carter or Bam Knight? Well, I'm pretty down on Carter. I think what he did last year kind of makes me refocus on what he did his rookie year. And now I feel like his rookie year maybe isn't as impressive as we all made it out to be. You know, he really was not a big play guy at the running back position, really struggled last year. I mean, and the, the other thing with Carter is, I mean, you, you can say the Jets run blocking wasn't very good, but there's a reason Carter was put on the bench behind guys like Ty Johnson late in the season. The coaching staff clearly was not impressed with them. So I'm down on Carter. Bam Knight, I guess you could argue Bam Knight. Maybe there's something there. You know, he looked pretty decent last year in preseason, had a couple of good games late in the season, then kind of fell off. So I guess you want to say Bam Knight could be in the mix. That's fine. But I think a lot of it's based on Izzy Abanaconda because the Jets clearly saw something in him when they drafted him. And while you never want to bet completely on a day three pick being ready to go, if you're talking relatively speaking, 
it's more realistic to get production immediately out of a day three picket running back than practically any other spot in the field. And I think a lot of this goes back to one simple fact about the running back position. At other spots, there's a lot of technique involved. You play tackle. You, know, you got to figure out the footwork. You got to figure out your hand placement. You're playing wide receiver. You, know, you got to figure out releases off the line of scrimmage. You got to run quality routes. You got to learn the route tree. You got to learn a full playbook. You're playing quarterback, forget about it. I don't even need to go there. Tight end, you've got to learn all these different routes. You've got to learn the inline routes, the, the slot routes, the outside receiver routes, and you got to block. Running back, I'm not saying there's no technique. Obviously, you've got to pick up pass protection, but it's not as hard for a couple reasons. First of all, most NFL playbooks don't have a ton of run plays. I mean, most teams use something like 8 to 10 basic run plays. It's all the same. And there are teams like Baltimore that throw in different stuff. Teams like San Francisco maybe throw in different stuff. But you can pick this stuff up pretty easily. It's the Most NFL run, run, uh, run playbooks are not that complex. And even if they have a lot of plays in there, most teams stick with a handful of them. You, know, you're, you're not, you don't get a lot of variety in the run game in the NFL. You see maybe different, a few tweaks here or there, but most run plays are kind of the same in the NFL. The second, I think, bigger reason is it takes time to learn how to run routes. It takes time to learn pass blocking technique. When you're a running back, you get the ball in your hands. And I feel like when you got the ball in your hands, you can either make it happen or you can't. And an extra year is not going to make that big of a difference. Because you can either make a guy miss or you can't. And again, there's less of it. It's not that there's no technique at running back. You know, If you're running a zone blocking play, there's footwork that has to be figured out. You have to be able to read blocks. But... At the end of the day, I mean, a lot of running backs, either you can gain yardage or you can't. You can run through arm tackles or you can't. And there's not really a lot that development's going to change on that front. And that's one of the reasons that you'll tend to see rookie running backs be able to step in at a higher level than rookies at other positions. And if a rookie running back doesn't produce, you know, I'm not saying rookie running backs always produce, but it feels like it's less likely you're going to be a player if you can't produce as a rookie at the running back position. So I think there's a chance and... Part of this is like the Jets probably have a better sense of this than we do because they saw him at the offseason program. They saw him, I'm sorry, you know, they saw him after the draft. They saw they, they got a view of him at the, the mini camp. You'd think that like this is going to, this might be some, some something of a referendum on Izzy Abanaconda. And if they think that he's ready to produce, then Dalvin Cook becomes a player who I think makes less sense for the Jets because he's a veteran. He's not, he's going to cost some money. It's not that the Jets are, not that he's going to cost a ton of money, but. Jeff needs to save money for the future any way they can because their cap is going to be tight going forward because of what they've done this offseason. So if you can save money and you think you have a rookie who's ready to step in, then Cook makes sense. If you're not so convinced about it, uh, no, I'm sorry, passing on Cook makes sense. If you're not so convinced about it, then I think you could see a, a case where signing Cook makes sense. Now, how much would I give Cook? I, I would be hesitant to go too big on the contract because, again, he is a 28. Even though it still looks to me like he can offer something, you do have to factor in the risk. I think every contract is a risk-reward type situation. At 28, I think you'd be you got to be very careful with the amount of money you're giving out to a player like Dalvin Cook. So the other thing is you're not paying him to be a three-down back you, because Brees Hall is going to take this thing over at some point. So I look through salaries at overthecap.com, another site that I use a lot, another great website. It's got all sorts of player salary data on it, all sorts of cap, cap information. If they gave Cook a contract around $4 million, that would be outside the top 15. And that seems right to me. I, I don't think you want to give Dalvin Cook a top 15 running back contract at this point because you got to factor in risk. you got to factor in, you know, he's not going to be the three down back for this team. 
but he can offer something. So I don't think you want to pay him like a top 15 back. If you can get below top 15, then I think you have a contract that could make some sense for this team. Anyway, I'd love to hear what you have to say about Dalvin Cook, but that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out, help other Jets fans find us. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions tomorrow. We will have our weekly mailbag show.